What's everybody? Welcome to It's Not That Terrible, the podcast where I, Zach Brown, so with my co-host, Morgan Heisler, what's up? And we talk about the terrible movies that we love. And this week, we're talking about Silent Hill, and we brought the head knight to talk about it with us. Give it up for Prince Jackson of Nightlight, the podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? How's it going? Thank you guys so much for having me. This is actually... Honestly, I was looking very forward to this this whole week. I was like, oh, man, I'm getting like oh. kind of antsy about it. <laughs> oh. That's awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah, like I like I told uh, like I've told Zach before, like, I mean, you like Zach and I both love uh, Nightlight. And so and you're also like, you know, we're mutual friends. And like, I mean, to be clear, everybody listening, this man bought me a Keyblade. So <laughs> I just feel like that should be that should be out there. This is not a paid sponsorship. <laughs> um, of, of any means, uh, Prince did this on his own volition. I did, um, and wanted to do this, and we're super stoked to have. Him. Awesome. But your check is in the mail, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the collector's edition copy of Midsummer. We just. Talked about. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when we were we were looking at movies to do for the show, uh, starting out, we saw Silent Hill, and Morgan immediately was like, "Let's get Prince on. I want it's a horror movie. We awesome. need our horror our horror friend on here." Let's talk about this movie and oh man this is a movie we're going to talk about for sure um I'm, I'm excited. Little, yeah i'm sorry a little facts about the movie silent hill 2006 directed by i think it's christoph Gaines or gons uh 31 on metacritic it's a 212 runtime which is really long this movie feels so long like, yeah. at the hour mark i the first time i watched it i to an hour mark and i was like all right i'm gonna go to bed Oh god, I have an hour and 12 <laughs> left in this still. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, uh, so before we kind of get into the movie talk, what is, Prince, start with you, what is your kind of history with this movie and with Silent Hill in general, like the property? Um. Well, I, I want to say it was may- maybe, gosh, 1999 or maybe 2000 is when I first officially got my hands on Silent Hill on PlayStation, and uh, I, I would play with my brother, um, and I was petrified of the game. Like, I, I, I never truly actually held the remote like I've, even to this day i've actually have never technically <laughs> have played silent hill i've always watched my brother play it and he'll hand it to me like when he needed to go to the bathroom and i would just pause the screen because like I, I can't fucking do this it's just my, my palms are sweaty but um <laughs> i want to say gosh when this movie came out i was in high school i want to say it was maybe 2007 is probably when i uh first initially is when this movie came out and i want to say i watched it in theaters and when I was in high school watching this, I was just like, okay, all right. I, I thought it was the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen. I was like, this is so cool. This is, this is super fun. Like, this is probably one of the best video game adapted movies of all time. And I just remember really, really enjoying this movie as a kid. And I think it wasn't until maybe college where I watched it again. And I was like, okay, like, I, I'm seeing the flaws. Like, now that I'm actually understanding film and, and, the era and, and things like that. Like I'm, I'm seeing the flaws, but um, I mean, there's just, just so many historical aspects behind everything with this movie, whether it be uh, the movie itself being adapted from a video game or the time of when it was released and like that span of 2007 ish, 2006 or whenever this was released. But you really got that sense of like, okay, like you're getting torture porn, you're getting kind of the whole, uh, Japanese and Korean horror boom that is being adapted for Western audiences. Then again, you start to kind of move down the line a little bit more to more of like, uh, I guess, <laughs> appliance horror where you got Final Destinations and all that stuff. So it's like <laughs> you got a lot of weird shit in this era. And then out of nowhere, 
this kind of came out along the same time frame as Resident Evil. And we were just like, okay, are we going to get like, is this going to be the next big thing? And the fact that these were both two large video games when, in my opinion, Fatal Frame should have been the only horror video game that should have been adapted, but that's just me. Um, But it's so interesting seeing how everything just kind of played along with this movie, especially especially now. (laughs) Rewatching this was definitely a ride. It was fun. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it is for sure a ride. Morgan, kind of what's your history with it? Because like, I think I'm going to be on the exact opposite side again. It's like three weeks in a row I've been on the opposite (laughs) side of everyone else for experience. (laughs) Yeah, so, no, I never played the games. Um, I had friends who... I had friends with older brothers who played the first three, and then whenever the 360 came out, my friend Tyler played Shattered Memories, and I remember watching him play it, and he was... Yeah, and I remember... isn't Shattered Memories is a reimagining of either one or three, and I can't remember which one. Um, But either way, I remember, like... I remember just associating Silent Hill with Silent Hill's always been the uh, most consistently scary fran- like video game franchise, especially of that era. Yeah. Um, given uh, I, I looked into the story last night just because watching this, I'm like, man, man, this plot really, really, uh, really, really not here. And uh, <laughs> and so I went back and like looked, you know, looked at the plot of uh, the PS1 game and just kind of realized, oh, yeah, like the plot's not that good. Uh, in general, and but the aesthetic and the style is so so specific and good. And to Prince's like to what Prince said too, this movie takes a lot of tropes from or just traits really from uh, from Saw from and just does things that even Saw really wasn't doing at the time. Or given you know Saw used a lot more practical effects than yeah. this movie did, right? So whenever you get to a part later on in the film where. Um, Anna gets her skin ripped off and stuff like that. Like <laughs> that's like super cool. And I would love to see, I would love to see this movie get redone today to see, like to see what we can come up with. Because I think this, uh, I think, you know, it has, it doesn't have a lot to say, but there's a lot of like, there's a lot of like interesting horror here. It's mm-hmm. just not executed very mm-hmm. well. And I remember liking this movie a lot as a kid in 2006. I think I was probably 12 whenever I initially saw this. And I remember liking this a lot. And I I remember having the same feeling as Prince. Like, this is probably one of the better video game adaptations. And I think at the time, it definitely was. Um, but, you know, you know, as time goes on, you start to realize, you start to think a little bit more critically about things. And it's just, it's not, it's not a good video game adaptation at all. Like, no. so much has changed. Like, the plot's <laughs> not even the same. And it attempts to say something about religion, but then just never says it. And it's just, it's kind of all over the place. I don't hate this movie. But yeah, that's kind of my history. Like I don't, I don't really have a ton of history with the PS One games. Although I wish I had history with the PS One games, and I wish we would just get a reboot already, um, mm-hmm. in some capacity. I'm surprised we haven't either. Like <laughs> Konami hasn't done anything with that IP in like so long. So I don't know what's gonna happen with it. But Zach, what about you? Since you're yeah, on the opposite end. So like my only experience with Silent Hill is PT. Oh wow! That is wow. the only thing I have any connection to. Like I think I saw the sequel to this like way back when it was on netflix and i probably was like 13 yeah. or 14 and watched it oh my god you and, watched revelations before this yeah and i had no idea oh. what was going on <laughs> i remember jeremy johns put out a, a review where he was like this is a dog shit movie and i was like all right well i gotta watch it <laughs> and it was on netflix thing and i did not know what was going on i don't have any recollection of it i guess john snow's in it yeah didn't yeah, know Kit harrington yeah. was in it yeah and I then didn't uh, that until after the fact either <laughs> yeah 
yeah, so like I watched this. This is my first time I've ever watched this movie. And uh man, I did not know what was going on the whole time. I felt very confused this entire movie. And I feel like maybe if I'd played the game or knew the story of the game, I would have known what's going on a little more. But mm. man, it just <laughs> it got me. I felt like a big dumb kid watching it. <laughs> Trust me, I don't think I don't think knowing it having any knowledge of the uh of the PS1 game uh is a very big contributing factor here. Oh god no. It's okay, like good. They they loosely have um they loosely have the same story. Uh, there's just a difference in the way that characters uh, play out in certain ways. Like Sybil is a different character. Yeah. Um, there are characters that are left out. There's a character that is named Lisa that is in the game that's not here. It's just a bunch of like a bunch of things that just got tossed to the wayside that just didn't matter. But uh, like I said, I don't think the PS One story is that strong to begin with. So like I don't think this movie okay, has time to work off of. Yeah. Yet. No. yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, like, talking about how it's a bad adaptation, I think it's a mm-hmm. bad movie adaptation, but it's also, like, a good, like, visual adaptation. Like, from what yeah. I've seen of Silent Hill, like, this movie yeah. carries over the design and the visuals of it a lot, but yes. overall, man, I do not like this movie. <laughs> I do not like this movie. I'm spoiling it right now. I, I yeah. think, yeah. I think the, the problem with this movie is that it tried too hard to play, like, a video game. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, there there were mm-hmm. certain aspects where it's just like, okay, let's add clues to this where yeah. it's just like you don't you don't have to like <laughs> like she doesn't really have to stick her hand in that guy's mouth even though it's a cool sequence when he comes to life but that's yeah. a cool part like it's just one of those things where it's just like well y- you don't really have to search for clues you could just make this a missing persons movie of this woman trying to search for her daughter like you don't you don't have to have her search for clues and have NPCs that initially find her mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah like and, it, and even it, all the way uh, like even all the way down to like, there's a part where it goes full on doom where she's about to cross that beam and yeah. it goes first person. It goes first person. Yeah. Weird. Even for a second, which is really weird and out of place. And then there's another part where she finds the knife that doesn't oh, yeah. have a point on it. Right. Uh, I-, I noticed. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then of course she uses the knife once and then loses it just like you would in a video game. And like, yeah. It was oh. very, very, very interesting moves in a lot of places there. Yeah, there's also one scene where the camera is, like, in the corner of the room, and she walks around a corner, like, yeah. if you're playing Resident Evil or, I guess, Silent Hill also. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just weird, like, doom the movie scenes, and I don't quite know why they did it. But, like, I understand, because, like, looking at the trivia here, the director, like, tried to get the rights to the movie for, like, five years and had to, like, Ooh. submit a self-interview to, to uh, Konami, and he, like, shot different scenes, like, on a shoestring budget to show, like, hey... I know this stuff. I want to do this stuff for a movie. And he got it. Uh, I think you can, you can definitely tell he's a fan. Yeah. Just maybe not the best filmmaker when it comes to this kind of stuff. Yeah. Cause like it has that. It has the, yeah. yeah. It, it has the heart of the movie. It has the heart, like wanting to do well on the story and like the concept of the games just does not mm. come across very good. Yeah. <laughs> I think it tries its best to do it justice, but it do- it's all style and no substance. That's like yeah. the problem. Yeah. Which it's is like unfortunate. Very- yeah, exactly. Like, it's a very cool movie to look at, and I think the reason why I look at it so fondly is because so much of it is creepy and super, like, super interesting. Like, the lore of Silent Hill is super interesting, um, given they didn't write that, but, you know, it's there, and, like, there's something there. Maybe if the team of writers, you know, was a little, like, a little bit more diverse or, like, something like that yeah. with, like, I don't know, just across the board uh, instead of, like, trying to make, like, a big-budget horror movie. Right. Um, or like a video game adaptation and instead focused on trying to make an actual horror movie. Right. And I think that was yeah. another problem with this movie as well is the fact that the budget was so high. I think it was yeah. something crazy mm-hmm. like a $50 million budget or some shit oh. like that. And yeah. I I know like 
one thing that uh, I think Kristoff tried doing this, but I'm not too I'm not too 100 sure on this. But I know that they initially the cast was supposed to be all women. And yeah, they added right. in Sean Bean later. Yeah, yeah I down in the dock. It's like why? <laughs> yeah, there's just like they added Sean Bean and they added Kim Coates and and it was just like I mean, why did you add these guys? Like they're they literally first of all they're the only ones together. At, like yeah. when it comes to like a male on male presence or whatever. Um, and on top of that, it was just like, it was just shoehorned in and you feel that, like you feel that whole thing of it being shoehorned in. And that, that was a, a big problem for me personally, where I was just like, this is not good. This is not good. But yeah. visually this movie, it, it, I would say take notes, you know, like, yeah, for sure. Including with certain aspects of the sound design um, where you get that horn, like that, that siren, mm-hmm. that, that blares like, Oh yep. shit. Like you know the purge was definitely fucking inspired by Silent Hill's a siren. Like it, it it's no right. way. And it's just it it's so it's so interesting seeing like little aspects of that sprinkled in and and even if you go back to like thinking about like the times of what initially went on with horror and that in that time frame cuz horror had a hard time in the 2000s. They had a yeah. really tough time. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, yeah. we, we were slightly coming out of the slasher boom and then we got back into the slasher boom. It was it was very odd for, uh, for horror at that point in time. And it was just so many different types of flavors that mm-hmm. were considered, quote unquote, mainstream horror. Uh, like you, you it, it was just interesting to see Silent Hill added to that. <laughs> but um, it just kind of made it more in a way. I guess more variations for mm-hmm. horror mm-hmm. where it's just like, okay, there's a little bit of something for everybody because obviously this movie was supposed to be for video game fans and yeah. they were definitely catering more towards video game fans. And Kristoff, uh, I want to say is not really a big time horror director. I think like the, the only thing he might've done horror related was like, Gosh, maybe Necrocomicon in like the nineties, which was like an oh. anthology. Like yeah. he he only made one story and I can't even remember what story it is. But um other than that, like I don't think he's really done too too much other than that. Like I know he was like on like a very odd version of like Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Or something <laughs> yeah, like that. The only thing he's done besides like this when it comes to horror is Necro- Necronomicon. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. So it's 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 very odd uh, with with Kristoff, but it, it's it's just interesting seeing how how he was just like fuck it, I'll do it. Like, <laughs> like it's just super interesting. <laughs> yeah, like the whole time I was watching this, I was just like, you know, this movie would be real good as a video game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the whole time, like because it's a great like, video game. It would be a great video game, and I mean, even with the story that it has, I think you could still like have the story and even. You could flesh it out, you know, you could flesh out like whatever they were trying to build up here and like say about, you know, about religion. Like Mm -hmm. they could they could have had something really cool. I mean, this is coming off of like we're what, two weeks, like two weeks off of The Last of Us Part Two. I just finished it last week and just all I can think about (laughs) is like, oh, like how how this movie is structured and like it's location break, location break, location Mm -hmm. break. And that is very video gamey. Like it's very, right. uh, it's this movie is very encounter based. And so I'm all I can think of is just like, you could really do something really special with this. And I think that says a lot about the movie. And I think that really just says exactly what we've been saying is that they spent a lot of time 
making a video game movie adaptation and not making a horror movie. Right. Um, but you know, I, you know, put this on PS5, I'd play it, you know, <laughs> like I'd play it. It'd be yeah, all right. Those graphics were dope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. With the SSD, yeah. Pyramid head running at you full speed. <laughs> and you can no, tell low, that. No low times. You can really tell that they, they really, really wanted this movie to be 3D. And it just, oh, yeah. And like, it was just like they just couldn't do it. So yep. they're just like, fuck it, we're going to do it for Revelations. And, and that's what they did. <laughs> was, yep. Revelations was in 3D. I don't know if you guys had the opportunity to see that in theaters, but. Oh, was, I did not see that in 3D. Oh, my gosh. No. no. It was. It was something. That's all I got to say. And it, it was around that time when 3D started really starting to kind of like sizzle out for a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, well, fuck, you're still late. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And like you can. Yeah. I remember even in Revelation, there's a lot of like stab at the camera. Oh, yeah. Type of situations. Of yeah. A lot of yeah. that. And like, to this movie's credit, I will say whenever the movie asks you to feel tense, I felt tense. Whenever, like, whenever, like, things, whenever shit pops off, whenever the siren goes off, and mm. it's either the nurses, especially the nurses, whenever she's, like, crawling through them. Oh, that's at, spooky. Like, that is probably the <laughs> highlight of the movie, and I'm sure that was probably the the point. Um, because what, like, we have here in the doc that they were filmed walking backwards, but the movie was played in, re- like, reverse, right? Yeah, so, like, they, they shot the movie walking backwards, and then they played it. As if they're walking forward, that's but so just cool. The, reverse the nurses, video. yeah, and yeah. you can tell it like, has like that choppy, like you're trying to focus on how you're walking, yeah. And those are definitely like that, and then also the spooky ghost children in the beginning, like yes. the first <laughs> part of Silent Hill when she gets there. Those two parts scared me. I texted Morgan. Uh, we were watching. I was watching it. <laughs> uh, he goes two days ago, and I was like, "Oh man, this movie's spooky. It's real spooky." <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not. I'm like I'm a, I'm a big horror guy. Like I love horror movies, but like this one just like unnerved me for some reason. Yeah. I think it's just the character design of like the children with the glowing orange eyes and the all black suit. Yeah covered bodies just real creepy really creepy yeah it was like yeah. it was like they were like burnt with like jaundice or something mm-hmm. and it, it was super yeah. interesting and then i i really just to harken back on what you guys are talking about like with the nurses and things like that like that one of my favorite character designs in this whole thing and they they look awesome and i, I think they were also dancers too which is how they mm-hmm. were able to kind of contort that way um but it's just with them being like walking backwards and then having them play the movie forward i just thought that is absolutely genius when it comes to doing things like that i mean there's a number of techniques that were used like that in the 90s um that worked out great like you got jacob's ladder where Mm -hmm. it was like the shaking head thing and you got that a lot in the late 90s but in the early 90s that was really fresh and new of that kind of that fast shaking of the head and it's like things like that that are just taken down a notch and just like nope just shake your head regularly we're gonna slow it down to four frames and then we're gonna speed it up to 30 and you're just like what the fuck like what (laughs) (laughs) like it's just it's things like that that are just camera techniques that Mm -hmm. is sometimes that's all you need to make something seem really out of place and really odd because it's taking a technique that we're used to as an audience for moviegoers and then you're just now like all right we're gonna reverse that and now it's not now it's not it's unknown to us we're not used to seeing that in film even though this is a very easy film trick but we're just not used to that and i think it's absolutely genius to just kind of take something that simple and flip it where it's just like we're gonna have them walk backwards and i'm just gonna film it in reverse and we're gonna just play it forward great yeah exactly like that's genius (laughs) 
Yeah, I agree. And they even have a they even have the section where she's running through the school and it's I'm assuming they the idea is that they want you to think it's a tracking shot, even though, you know, it's like it's each room is hidden by a panel. So this move, this could easily be stitched together. But, you know, at least they tried, you know, like they uh, that whole sequence is cool. It's not doing a lot, but it's definitely like following her lost in this building and then finally landing on a place and then bringing it in like that's smart that's really cool um and i think like i don't think i don't and i the i guess to this film's credit i don't think any of that is lost here i think all of that stuff still stands out and i think because the plot is so weak Mm -hmm. and i i think it makes it stand out even more for some reason um because it's just like well you got to find the highlights out of this somewhere. And so <laughs> whenever you start looking like the camera work and um, just the passion for the style and like the set design for one, like mm-hmm. just what a good job at making Silent Hill. We talk about this all the time. Environments feeling like characters, but making Silent Hill feel like a character, like making right. Silent Hill feel like a monster, like on its own. It's very, right. very smart and like very just cool. Absolutely. Yeah, I think the fact that the the movie, the script and the story is not that great, it makes everything else work mm-hmm. twice as hard. And mm-hmm. I think that it's all done so well that it keeps the movie from being like absolute garbage. Yeah. Because I still watch this just for like the scene with the dancers or the scene, mm-hmm. maybe not at the end with the barbed wire because that does not look very good. But like the other, like the villains and the characters and like the uh, the monsters are all super good. Like the janitor yeah. is super creepy. Oh, like yeah, that is a great. great. That is a great scene. That's great. And I think payout. that. That kind of maybe the filmmaker or the director was maybe a little more focused on that instead of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, like, the game, like you said, the game the game is known to being scary. It's not going to have a good story. Right. 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 And, and I don't that think they tried. falters, I think. Yeah, I don't think they tried very hard to, like, make a good story there. Because, I don't know, I think they, I think he might have tried a little too hard to stay as faithful as possible, but while trying, trying to change as little as possible. And... We talked about this before about Sean Bean, you know, for one, wasn't needed in this, but <laughs> I have to imagine, I have to imagine that the, for one, the original protagonist in Silent Hill on PS1 was supposed to be Sean Bean's character. Right. And so I have to imagine the, the need, I say, I'm, I'm putting need in quotations here, but the need or want to put Sean Bean or involve Sean Bean in this was based around that. Like, oh, we have to have that iconic character, mm-hmm. but in, in reality, like, you know, in the past, like, 15, 20 years and, like, adaptations, we've realized, no, you don't. It's okay. Like, we're, we're not going to miss it that much. And <laughs> if, like, about 10 people are going to miss that character and yeah. just make a cool movie about a mother and a daughter, um, you know, going to get closure for her daughter and something goes wrong. Make that right. instead of, like, this, um, instead of making that and then tagging on, like, a cat and mouse si- like type of game. And it, it's just, and on top of that, I think, I guess to the film's credit, I do enjoy the back and forth, like the, the slow realization that the Silent Hill that she's in and the Silent Hill that he is in are two completely different places. And one is, one is by definition purgatory and one is, you know, on the side of the living. Like you kind of have to assume that both of like our, our leads are all dead. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this is all happening in purgatory, even though the the movie never says it. Um, I think it I think it adds there, but we didn't need we didn't need it as much. And I think the most the only two payoffs for that were probably 
the point in the movie where um Alessa, you know, spills the beans to um I I forget Heather, right? Oh, uh, I don't remember because yeah, I, I know yeah it's Rose Rose Rose, Rose right? yeah Rose. where she um where Alessa like spills the story to Rose and she's oh, like the hey exposition dump yeah 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 <laughs> exactly the exposition dump and then you see the cop that's been working with um with Harry this whole time you see him as the person who pried like her body you know mm-hmm. and like he's mm-hmm. the one who found her and that's the reason why his hands like look like that I think that was a cool payoff um yeah. but it doesn't. But it doesn't justify his involvement in the movie. It just makes you it just makes the movie like ask questions just so it can be answered later. And then at the end, whenever um, whenever they finally get back home and he Harry's on the couch and he's like asleep, but he senses that they're there, but they're not there. Yeah. I think like that's a cool moment. And I think would have landed a lot better if Sean Bean would have just been, you know, referenced back to a little bit instead of like actively hunting after um, the two of them, right? Yeah. 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 And I think there's that one shot of Sean being on a wall, like walking down a wall and you see yes. Rose yeah. going the opposite direction. Rose. That's, that's a cool, like showing like what's going on. It's a cool shot. Right. And I just right. think it could have been. A bit. I, I agree. Yeah. That's, I don't think, yeah. that's sorry. I, I was just going to add that. That's something that definitely should be seen more on too, where mm-hmm. you, get this sense of like okay like yeah there could definitely be a really interesting story here that they're in two different places because i want to say it's like broken down into three main worlds right like the real world the fog world the other world um and with those three main worlds it would have been really cool for them to kind of hearken more on that obviously don't tell us the answer let us kind of figure it out but i felt like this was just more so too much of a like you played the game you should know this kind of thing yeah. like it, it felt a little too much like that um but it, it was just interesting seeing all of that and kind of him like smelling his wife's perfume through the mask mm-hmm. or something and 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 then him getting the draft at home and, and he kind of wakes up from it and, and closes the door and, and realizes that oh his daughter and his wife are probably here but it, it's just super interesting kind of seeing how the three main worlds kind of try to portray themselves where it's just like okay like did they die like are we stuck in purgatory like like what is our what is our why are are we here like why are we here like (laughs) like what what happened and it's just one of those things like where they show um siebel's like i guess motorcycle and it kind of has that little edge where it, it she initially hit that little edge mm-hmm. um, of the freeway. Yeah. And they, they really kind of pause on that for quite some time, kind of simulating like, oh, she fell off the cliff. She was never right. here. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, it was just like, well, wait, was she? Like, what, like, I don't get what the fuck's going on. Like, like, do I, like technically, I mean, she, I guess they could have died and bled out and this could all be like them running around in purgatory and all this other shit. But I don't know. I just, I just thought it was, it was very interesting. Right. Yeah. Yeah, It hands you, it hands you some information, but not the ones you, not the answers you want. Exactly. Yeah. And I, that's just not fun. And also talking about about Sybil's character. I I like, uh, Lori Holden as Sybil. Mm -hmm. I do too. Yeah. I thought at first I was like, Oh, I don't like this character. And then I was like, okay, it's it's the dialogue. And then her face burns off. Yeah. Like, Whoa. (laughs) Oh that's yeah, a, that's a scene. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, with like the boils and shit popping. Mm-hmm. That was great. That was great. Yeah. That looked awesome. 
yeah and like i there like there are parts at the end where i think like the i think the barbed wire scene in theory is cool it's just in 2006 it doesn't look great no you know yeah when it tears her body in half and it's like (laughs) yeah like like, yeah it looks real bad yeah it looks real rough it's just like full of motion blur like you you can't really see anything and i totally get it you know you work with what you have but uh but maybe if it looks like that maybe think about it right (laughs) instead yeah like i I, because i think moments like that whenever pyramid head rips the skin off of anna like that's a cool that's in theory a very cool moment and like would have been a super cool thing um especially if they would have taken the time or at least dared in 2006 this would not have happened but Mm -hmm. to have taken the time to like slow that down a little bit instead of it just being like a cutaway you actually Mm -hmm. have to see it happen like that would have been cool because what there's the part whenever uh rose first gets there and she sees the children and there's the person hanging up and his intestines are out but he's still alive yeah that was yeah the the mask on yeah like that's a really cool thing and that's not something we saw in 2006 like maybe in saw but um but saw was more more about like the like the infliction on yeah. pain to yourself right the shock factor like oh yeah. that person's jaw got moved it, in half exactly yeah. yeah and like saw really set the standard for i guess like what we i mean i mean i don't even know if prince would agree you're like way more of a way more of a horror <laughs> buff than i am but i feel like saw like really kind of uh set the standard for mainstream like gore going forward right like sort of yeah uh it's it's interesting because gore has been around for eons when it when it comes Mm -hmm. to like horror Mm -hmm. um mainly based off of the fact that you you got you had things like herschel gordon lewis right back in the 60s where uh he coined the term splatterfest and Mm -hmm. that was his movies to make the most shocking of absurd things that you can possibly think of and then you got Cannibal Holocaust for the Green Inferno um, in the 70s. And you got mangled dicks and shit. Like, you know, like it was wild. <laughs> um, but then you, you kind of work your way down a little bit more to where the, the genre started taking a spin of like, okay, let's not try to be as gory as this. In America, right. at least. So this, this was in yeah. the U.S. Um, let's try not to be as gory as this. Let's try to move a little bit more of mystery to it. And then you got things like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is not gory. Like go- Texas Chainsaw Massacre no, is not really no. gory at all. And yeah. then you get uh, Halloween and Black Christmas and so on and so forth. But then in Italy, they're doing the yes. co- opposite. <laughs> they're like, fuck that. No, we're definitely going to go ahead and do <laughs> as much gore as we possibly can um, and have this still be beautiful. And that's right. how you got things like Don't Torture a Duckling, um, Cat on Nine Tails, even though they came out in the 90s, um, Suspiria, I love Suspiria Opera, so much. all of that stuff. Like, So it, it's, it's super interesting. Um, but what Saw did, Saw did something that was really intriguing because um, Saw came out at the right time. See, yeah. So Saw came out 2004, right? I mean, you had the initial short in mm. 2003. Um, but when 2004 hit, we were in war, right? So mm-hmm. a, a whole bunch of shit was going on overseas and things like that uh, to where gruesome things were happening. Gruesome things were on the news. I mean, we, we had 9-11. We had uh, just all this crazy shit. We, and then we also had... Uh, hurricanes that were just wiping out cities and yeah all of this crazy stuff was going on then saw came out and when uh, lee winell and james wan both kind of sat down and were just like yo let's make this let's do this shit just two kids from new zealand 
who are just like, I want to make movies. And when Saw came out, it flipped everything. It just yeah. was like, not only was this a very intriguing story and something refreshing and probably one of the most smartest, the most smartest, that's probably not good grammar prints, <laughs> uh, the most smart um, villain in a horror film with yeah. Jigsaw. And then you got Hostel. Hostel is just mm. like, all right, let's just take this and let's crank it to 11 and let's see what the fuck we could do. Because Saw, Saw 1 is not that gruesome. Um, it is very gory, don't get me wrong, but it, it's like the most absurd scene that you see in that is when he has to cut his leg off. And right. other than that, they saved up all of their budget for that scene. Like They're just like, oh, nope, this is what we got to <laughs> do. This is the scene we want to convey. We got to make sure to make this happen, which is why we didn't get the head trap scene of the girl. She actually got out. Um, yeah. Even though they they gave us that back in Saw, Saw 4. But, That's right. Uh, <laughs> but, um, or Saw 3. But when you got hostile, that's when torture porn was initially coined. Torture porn yeah. wasn't coined with Saw. It was it was uh, mainly with Hostel, and and Hostel didn't really have a huge theatrical release. Um, so it's hard to say, to be honest. It, yeah. It's a very very interesting thing to say to to say like it was kind of glorified in a way. But with mm-hmm. the torture boom, it was just a lot of people were just making them. That was the main sure. thing. Like you you sure. had the two, uh, I guess minds behind it, James Wan and Eli Roth where he came yeah. out with cabin fever and, and so on and so forth. That's, but that's right. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's, it's, you see a lot of that inspiration behind movies like this. And also even with like the new slasher boom or the slasher remake boom, um, you just see a lot of inspiration from torture porn and mm-hmm. you, you see like, okay, well people seem to be liking this kind of shocking shit. Let's just try to add a story on top of it. And that's just one of those things where it's that's really hard to accomplish. <laughs> um, now the French, sorry for giving you guys like a history lesson. No, I like this. Go ahead, don't worry about it. All right, well. welcome back to nightlife, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so w- the French, on the other hand, they took it to a whole different level. Like you got Alexander a- Aja's um, high tension or switchblade romance, uh, where that was such an interesting concept of a psychological horror film that was extremely gory, which you don't really see. You mm-hmm. you see psychological horror and you think it's just all mind games and tricks and things like that. Um, but this was about a woman who is initially schizophrenic who thinks someone else is coming into her, well, her wannabe girlfriend's house and slaughtering her whole family. Then it flips and it's her, actually her doing it. And it's the most incredible thing ever. It's very confusing, but it is really fucking cool because she even runs away from herself and she thinks she's actually running away from the killer. And And it, it's so fascinating, but that's what the French were doing. And they were like, we're going to go ahead and add as much gore as we possibly can. And on top of that, add a really convail- compelling story and something that can really kind of shake people down to their core. Um, I mean, in 2008, you got Martyrs. And yeah. a little bit later down the line, you got the remake of I Spit on Your Grave. And it, mm-hmm. It's just all of these these films definitely were kind of brought on and spawned by yeah. initially torture porn. And granted, the French, in my, in my opinion, the French and, and 
Canada. They did it the best way. But because um, Canadians... They they love their gore. <laughs> I don't know. It might it might attribute to how nice they are, but they really love their gore. Um, They're just like it's just catharsis for them to watch gory movies. Yeah. After after going, yeah, bud, all day. Exactly, exactly. It's just like all right, now let's go home and and pop in the the, the most goriest thing I can see. Um, but it's 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 things like that that you you really kind of got conceptualized from all of that and taking it back to Silent Hill you kind of get a lot of that where you get some pretty obscene shit. Like, I mean, you do get the cool scene with the janitor, even though the janitor doesn't really do much. Um, he just no, he kinda, does nothing. <laughs> like, he's just kind of there to, like, lick his tongue and, and crawl towards you. Like, you could have definitely kicked this dude in the face and nothing would have happened. <laughs> um, but you do get, like, Pyramid Head when he rips off the skin and things like that, where the Martyrs in 2008, they have a de-skinning scene as well that is... Ugh very realistic and very hard right. to watch and it's it's those types of things where it's just like you don't need a 50 million dollar budget to do something like that and then right. you kind of got underneath the radar a little bit where paranormal started kind of hitting and taking its its edge a little bit higher and then 2007 came and paranormal activity was just like fuck this let's change the game like no more torture porn like we're done with this we don't want to do that like paranormals is the type of shit we want to do and paranormals in and paranormal was in until like gosh 2018 probably and it's so it's so wild that they got a 10-year stint because that doesn't happen in horror like you don't really get that long of a stint of Mm. of making that much money and yeah it's kind of interesting to see it like now kind of transition now to more of the artistic art house type of uh, flavor uh, when it comes to like the quote unquote, the renaissance of horror is what people are liking to call it right now, which is bullshit. Fuck off. But, uh, (laughs) um, but it's those types of things that you honestly do truly see that is very intriguing when it comes down to a more historical standpoint of how horror has transitioned and where horror is currently going. Uh, Like I get the question all the time, what horror do I think is going to be coming out of what we're seeing today with uh black lives matters movement and also with uh coronavirus and things like that and a lot of people are just like there's definitely going to be a zombie apocalypse movie blah 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 blah, which there probably is but i don't really think that's what's going to boom i think the boom we're going to see is going to be a lot of like techno horror and social justice horror um Mm -hmm. i I think we're going to see a lot more get outs i think we're going to see a lot more searching um, I, oh, searching I just, is so good. Searching's God fantastic. Damn. And uh, like, I, I feel like we're going to get a lot more of those types of movies spawned out of this because people have to get a little bit more clever. And what's better way to make a movie about social distancing while social distancing? So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. People got to get clever. But no, that, yeah, yeah, sorry. I, two cents, too long. I like that no a apologies. lot. That, no, I, I, I enjoy it. Yeah, I think looking at you, like talking about how paranormal kind of holding on but also going away like the only thing i think of is like the uh conjuring, the conjuring series yeah it's all i can think of is are yeah. those movies like annabelle still coming out like why yeah like they're good some of them are good james like, wong right. has a gift and a curse like it, it, yep. it, it everything he makes not everything I'm, I'm putting a little too much on there but a lot of things that he makes turn into some type of a franchise and i don't even think he understands why like you got it with Saw, you got it with <laughs> yeah, Insidious. Insidious, then you got it with The Conjuring, and he's and I'm sure he's just like, what the fuck? Like, 
Like, why do people like these so much? And I really enjoy James Wan. I think James Wan's a very fun director. I think he's very visionary-esque. Um, but I, I feel like you're ne- well now. He's a lot more popular. But Mike Flanagan, for example, mm-hmm. with 2007 yeah. Absentia, so like it's it, you know he he Doctor Sleep is fantastic. Yes, you are correct. But <laughs> on on top of just a real quick thing about Mike Flanagan, that is the probably the main director I know in this day and age who really knows how to stretch a dollar. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know anyone truly who can work a budget like he can. He just fucking nails it every single time with Hush, with uh, Absentia. Um, gosh, what's another low budget one that he did? Ger- Gerald's, Gerald's Game. game. Like, it, it's oh, just, Gerald's it's, Game is so good. It's just, it's all these different types of things. And he just signed up for another uh, Stephen King film, by the way. Um, oh. But it, it's just, to me, he he does Stephen King right. And I think at this point, he's on he's on the, the verge of becoming... Uh, the person who's made the most Stephen King movies. Like, oh, I, that's I think, really great. Yeah, I think he's 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 on that on that path right now. Um, yeah. So interesting enough. But yeah, sorry. Back to Silent Hill. Yeah, horror, <laughs> movies think, cool. horror movies are cool, and I like talking about them. And I'm glad you're here to talk about them with us. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I think to I mean to like to be fair, I mean I think the history of like torture porn and gore yeah. is important to this movie. You know, oh like, yeah, absolutely. Because because even like you said, between 1999 and 2003, 2004, we mm-hmm. weren't really getting like no one was really like going all out with right. uh, with gore and like in general. I mean, you can go look at like they and the others and like stuff like that. Sure. Everything was just kind of like what you don't see, you know. And mm-hmm. whenever Stanley Hill comes out, it's like full on. Um, or I mean, Saw and Hostel, right? They like mm-hmm. they go in. And Saw eventually gets there, but they start, like, they they lay that there. And that's whenever, like you said, like, Eli Roth is like, we're just like, let's go all in. And and I think- (laughs) that's Eli. (laughs) Truly. (laughs) That's Eli, man. And, and like, and I think Silent Hill um, just nails, like, atmospheric horror in this movie. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's- it does such a good job, and it's just- it sucks that it's- I don't want to say that it's a waste, because I think- that it nails what it's trying to do. I just wish that it would have come full circle and reached its full potential. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah there's so much potential like in this. Like the ending would be cool if the movie itself before then had been cool. If it, if it looked better, mm-hmm. also like if, it looked, yeah. if the yeah. the barbed wire scene looked better, it'd been a really cool ending. Yeah. But just like the lead up to it was so long and just yeah right. Meh, and can we like, stop? Ah. Yeah, and can also we stop like hiring. 10 and 11 year old children uh, to at least portray or speak like, like six adults. or seven year like well like mm-hmm. they just oh I mean, like like younger sh- kids yes like Sharon yeah, Sharon just speaks like a like a child child and yeah. this actress is she's easily 11 or 12 right and I'm like you couldn't have you couldn't have just let her like have a conversation because she doesn't have a conversation <laughs> with anybody she mm-hmm. just has like she might, I mean, to be fair, like my four-year-old has a better, you know, has a better like vocabulary and right. it's just, I don't know. I can hold a conversation with him about anything. And whereas yeah. like, she's just upset because someone, uh, she's having like these, um, or she's, she's sleepwalking. Right. And she barely says much of anything at all in the movie. I think the most she says is whenever is at the end at the climax. And then, uh, in the beginning, whenever she realizes that, you know, quote, someone has been drawing all over her drawings when mm-hmm, right. th- the implication that is that it's her. 
Um, right. But yeah, she's just like she's calling her mommy and using all this very, um, very young child, like childlike dialogue. But it's not back, which would be fine if it was backed up by an actual child and not a preteen. And I thought that was just a super just a super weird thing. And I, I, I vaguely choice. remember. Th- yeah, I vaguely remember that being like a consistent issue in like in the 2000s anyway. I mean, mm-hmm. we always like we always use um use older actors to play younger people anyway. So it's that's like nothing- Riverdale. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, I mean, look at, <laughs> look at, look at damn Spider-Man. Like, yeah. everybody, everyone in 2000 and 2001 who played in Spider-Man was almost 30 playing right. high school kids. Yeah. And it, it was just like, it's just a product of the time. It, and I think it's we've grown a lot past type that. too. Like, That's it's true. just like, it's like, they want people to, in high school where this isn't true at all, where yeah. people are fucking muscular as shit and stuff like that. Yeah, God. people are athletic, but I don't know anyone I went to high school who looked like fucking Archie in right? Riverdale. I, I, I've, no, I've never met anyone Not in a high single school. single KJ athlete like, in like, high school. Like, <laughs> the motherfuckers had acne and, right. and shit, and like they, they smell like BO sometimes. Like, no, like, there's nobody was like that drop dead gorgeous. Like, <laughs> like, no right, way. like, whenever we, and even like, I guess the idea there, right, would be to, uh, be to like visualize what we thought it was like in high school and right that's the, like that's the idea but like come on man like you're making a movie not for one like demographic and so right. in the 90s it just didn't make any or in the 2000s it didn't make any sense and so like you have uh you have flash thompson who's like <laughs> played by who's, joe mantelione yes yeah. and he's just like he's 35 <laughs> he's in a, oh, like damn. he's in a like high school cafeteria yeah it's like a whole thing i that's probably the one thing that bothered me the most about this movie was yeah. they just didn't they didn't write her dialogue very well and they tried to like and they didn't specify an age um mm-hmm. which is which is fine but if the implication in the dialogue is that she is younger then maybe you know maybe like try to put some more emphasis on that with like with a different actor right but cuz they made you know. it seem like she was 6 or 7 yeah or something yeah. like that and yeah like they even did this same kind of thing in, in the orphan but mm-hmm. to me it mm-hmm. worked in the orphan to where it was just like okay like she's young but she's also acting young and right. she's yeah. supposed to be acting young and right and it, it worked in that sense but like you got that a lot in the 80s where they would use like actors that were kind of the age they're supposed to be mm-hmm. um like gage in pet cemetery that was an right. actual three-year-old boy yes like and shout out to him too because he was seriously. in full house and everything after that yeah. too. shout out to that dude yeah, yeah. like like it was it, like he did so much and he acted his ass off he and was then, great it, fantastic then you got yeah. a- the kid who played Andy in Child's Play. He was a legit mm-hmm. six-year-old kid. Like yep. it was just, and then he went on to play in like New Nightmare and and also other stuff. Yep. Like it's just, it's it, you don't have to have these kids be, mm-hmm. I guess, such an older age. Like like they're like younger kids are incompetent or something. Like it, I like, mm-hmm. I don't understand. Yeah, where... you know how good my four-year-old is at lying. like you know like come on like you gotta give you gotta give younger kids a lot more credit and yeah yeah like and i i wonder if the reason they did this and i'm not like saying it's okay but like they have the character the the kid playing three different characters 
Yeah. And I wonder you know, if that's kind of, of why they're like, oh, let's get someone older so we can for sure have someone who can act as three different parts. Right. But also, like, someone try it out range. with other kids. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That that's, might be the only thing I can think why they would why they would choose to do that. Sure. That's, that's very true. And, I mean, she is supposed to be playing the innocent version of Alyssa, right? Mm-hmm. Right. But, yeah, but even then, like, maybe write the dialogue a little bit better. It's all. <laughs> yeah, the dialogue yeah. was real bad in this movie. Yeah. She yells, she yells Sharon, like, a thousand times Sharon! in the first five minutes. It's like oh watching Ozzy Osbourne have a freak out. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Oh my god. It's like this felt like Jurassic Park 3 met Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> it was so bad. Oh my god. Crazy Train was going to play at any minute. Oh my <laughs> god. Silent. You just hear all aboard in the background. <laughs> One last thing I want to say before we, we go to our break is did yeah. you guys notice in the scene where she's sleepwalking in the beginning, the gigantic lit up cross in the background? Yeah, and she <laughs> holds her arms out. Yeah. yeah, it was such a weird choice. Yeah, I just I, don't. I think the whole three aspect thing was mainly for the whole like uh, signs of the cross, like the yeah. Holy Spirit and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Um, it, it I it was just interesting where they touch on religion a lot in this movie, yeah. and yet nothing really kind of comes out of it. Mm-hmm. when they're touching on it like it's just it's just like oh, okay yeah. like i wonder what this is supposed to have context for unless it was just mainly like i don't know kind of like how they do it in bioshock where yeah you know you oh. just, just there's oh. so many religious undertones in bioshock with adam and eve and then yeah um uh gods versus slaves and also other stuff and or man versus slaves and it, it's just all these types of undertones that you got in this movie where the whole religious aspect just didn't make too much sense besides the cult like that was like the only thing that really made sense for it but it was it was everywhere yeah and like in the movie before um before god what is what is the villain's name it's like it's something ridiculous um Uh, oh like Christabel or something. It's, it's Christabella. Christabella. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, Christabella is it. Yeah, yeah Christabella. and Christabella. She she asks, you know, she asks her about her faith, and you know, a few scenes before, she's like, you know, she's praying in the bathroom with yeah. her, like, with her hands on the locket whenever they're banging on the door, and you know, she's praying, you know, for help, and that would be a cool moment mm-hmm. if, like, any of that would be a cool moment if they had expounded at any point onto like why. Maybe give a little background on why this cult exists. Like yeah. if if that's gonna be if that's gonna be your focus or like whatever you know sub narrative that you're trying to work with. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe expound on it a little bit. Give a little bit more background aside from you know the exposition. Maybe instead yeah. of opening with um, Sharon like walking off a cliff, maybe open with you know some sort of like exposition on why or how the cult was founded or the mm. true nature of the cult or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. But really, all this movie says. Which I don't think it's trying to say this, but what the movie ends up saying is just like, oh yeah, man, religion, scary, terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's kind of all it ends up saying. Cause you have the, you have the visual in the beginning with the cross, then you have her praying in the bathroom, and then you have the cult. And then that's right. kind of it. Even though like all those things, I would like to see, uh, whatever deleted scenes, uh, or just whatever was cut to have that, yeah. to see if that even made sense in whatever cut before. <laughs> yeah, me too. Like, yeah. Also, I just realized the chick who played Christabella is the witch in uh, Gretel and Hansel. Hansel. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did not realize it to just. I recognized her. I can't figure out where from. It's mm-hmm. from that. Yeah. 
yeah, I think if you guys have anything else more, go to a quick break and we'll come back and talk about it. It's not that terrible. But you guys have anything less you want to say about the movie? No, that's we'll all that I have. Out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah all right. We'll be right back with Is That Terrible? Uh, we'll see you guys in a bit. And we are back. It is time. Morgan Prince is Silent Hill that terrible? <laughs> uh, it's a tough question. <laughs> it, it is a tough question, but at the same time, I I don't think it is a good story. It is not a good story at all. Um, visually, this movie is actually quite stunning. It is a very very stunning visual. I wouldn't say masterpiece, but I would definitely say that it is something that can definitely be watched and learned from and utilized as some type of um, catalyst initially for any other type of movie and I can see a lot of uh, inspirations coming from especially that the scene that we both we all were kind of like talking shit on with the the barbed wire and and shit (laughs) Mm -hmm. like obviously that came from the inspiration of the evil dead with the trees right so yeah. it's just yeah. stuff like that like you you could see where they were inspired from and you could see the inspiration in in horror in a lot of it um but that story and the length this movie should not have been this long but that story and the length definitely they made it a harder bit of a watch that's for sure mm-hmm. yeah yeah talking about evil dead i didn't think about that like there's a, basically a shot for shot remake of the tree scene. Oh, yeah. At least in the Evil Dead remake, I guess yeah. I, it's, probably, it's the original one also, mm-hmm. yeah. but of the barbed wire going up her mm-hmm. leg, and it's like, oh, God. Oh, yeah. That's Ugh. 100% Evil Dead. It is just like, yeah. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, and there's like, there's no escaping it. But yeah, like, I agree with, um, I agree with what Prince said. I think, um, if, if we're asking the question, is it that terrible? Uh, is it as terrible as a 31%? Mm, maybe. But I think that the movie does a great, like Prince said, I think the movie did a great job about like its set design and the atmosphere. It just nails everything, everything atmospheric about it and just falls real short on its plot and the length and like the subtext. It just, it doesn't do a good job at that. But I feel like if you were to just mindlessly like, oh, let's just watch a bunch of, like, bad horror movies. I feel like this would be the top of the, you know, the top of your picks. I feel like, you know, it's not the worst. There are plenty of other bad, like, scary movies. I, mm-hmm. but this, like, this one, it's just, it's, it focused too hard on being a video game adaptation and not hard enough on being a horror film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think, I wrote here in the doc, like, it's not good, it's pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah. I, I still hold to that. I, I think this movie does not, it, the, only, the only good part of it is the visuals. Yeah. Yeah, and that's unfortunate because man, it's not a good movie. I really do not like this movie. It's probably the first time we've done a movie on the show where I've been like, "Oof, super I not." Don't know if I ever watch that again. It's like, yeah, and I felt that fair. way about Freddy Got Fingered, except yeah. there was just no redeemable thing I could say about Freddy Got Fingered at all. Uh, Daddy, do you want some sausage? Is a great scene, Morgan. No, oh, <laughs> oh god, no. There's not a great scene in that movie. I, I, you know, I'm gonna have to agree with you, Morgan. I fucking hate Freddy Got Fingered. <laughs> Freddie got fingers uh, so much. God, what a trip. What a trip. <laughs> yeah, I, I really think this this goes in our, our echelon of not great movies because yeah. I did not enjoy this. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I really 
yeah, I think that really kind of does it for our talk on Silent Hill. Prince, where can the people find you? Yeah, uh, you can find me at my house. I'm just kidding. You can find me <laughs> over on Twitter. I'm square up. Um, at the head night, and that's night with a K. You can also hear my voice over on Nightlight, a horror movie podcast underneath the bloody disgusting umbrella. Um, and you can Ooh. also hear me on Goodnight Podcast as well, which we're working on a rename right now, um, which we're going to probably end up changing to Goodnight Movie Club. Um, so you can hear my voices on those three places. Morgan, where people find you? I just want to say Prince Nightlight's a great podcast. Oh, thank you. It's <laughs> yeah. awesome. The success you guys have had because it's well-deserved. I fucking love that podcast. <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah. I got to get you guys some find stickers. You at? Oh, oh, fuck yeah. Oh, that'd be sweet. I'll, I'll rock yeah, some stickers. Really Definitely gotta get you guys some stickers. Yeah. yeah, and I, like, I'm super proud of you, Thank uh, you. with, like, with the, uh, like, with the news about Bloody Disgusting. That's such a, such a super cool thing, and I'm so proud of you. Thank Everybody, you. like, go, go listen to Prince's podcast. Give him a rating. It's, it'll be, if you love horror in any capacity, pick a movie from the list. There are plenty to choose from <laughs> so far, and he's just pumping out more content. And don't, don't stop there. Like, the interviews are also great, too. Nate, Kaylee, um you know everybody has been so great so yeah everybody go listen to prince he's great he does good stuff oh, thank um you. you you can find me i don't recommend it you can find me on <laughs> twitter.com uh slash morgul that's m-o-r-g-a-u-l uh, i'm not going to change my twitter handle anymore uh, sure. i swear <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to this last time was an inside joke and it's just it's got to stick so zach where can people find you don't change your you twitter can, handle <laughs> i'll never change it unless they else yrokaz opens up uh, you can find me at twitter at yrokaz underscore n-w-o-r-b you can find me right here on it's not that terrible i stream on twitch every once in a while twitch.tv slash yrokaz I ordered a like adapter for my camera. It's been three months now, and it's still not shipped. So I don't know if I'm ever getting that. It's probably twenty bucks down the drain. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys for listening. Uh, next week, it's a good one. We got two guests. We got Cam and Nate from Nest Pod. We're gonna be talking about Space Jam. So uh, please come and check that out. Thank you, Prince, for coming on. <laughs> like it was a great episode. We really enjoyed having you, and we will see you guys next week. Thanks, y'all.